my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I have a very, very special guest with me today who I am super excited about talking to, uh, Dr. Carolyn Shank. How are you, Dr. Shank? I'm great. Thanks, Brian. Oh, man. I uh, I am, you know, we, we've, we've had a... Um, We've had uh, what what I, what I would say mo- a lot of people would call the father of uh, of of our major, right? With with Dr. Hendricks, and now we have the matriarch, the uh, the founder of our of our program, um, the one that, that if uh, you know if she if not for the blood, sweat, and tears that that she put into it, a, a lot of us uh, would not have the opportunities that we have today. So I I don't I I I want to make sure everyone knows. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. That is uh, that is the truth. And we're gonna we're gonna go through that. We're gonna go through all of that um, with Dr. Shank today. And um, uh, just so excited to have you, um, Dr. Shank um, was uh, the longtime program coordinator for our major. Um, I, obviously, it started as uh, we'll get into the roots of what it started. But uh, uh, you know, we're we're obviously experience industry management now. But um, uh, it started in 1976. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to to listen to, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Shank. I, I heard Marcy Maloney say a few times that she was the first student, and I always thought that she was joking. And then I actually I did the podcast with her, and turns out she was one of the first six students. And uh, yeah. so uh, yeah, so I, I I'm really excited to hear about all that uh, with you, and um, and and you're now Professor Emeritus, and um, our uh, our, our only lifetime achievement award winner for the major and um, and uh, just so excited to have you and um, just so appreciative of, of all that you've done over the years and in helping me my when I when I first got to Cal Poly um, the I think it was like the second week I got to go out to your house and meet with you and it was just a hoot hearing you talk about uh, recreational sport programming and uh, just to get to know you a little bit better but it, it's been great over the years. So I, I want to start. Um, I start. Want to start from the top. Where, uh, where are you from originally, Doctor Shank? I don't know that. Well, I grew up in Los Gatos. Okay. I went to Los Gatos High. The cats, huh? I, I was a wild cat. All right. right. Um, I started. Um, let's just say, in my experience, to get involved with recreation. Right. I started with the Los Gatos Recreation Department. Oh, awesome. And it was the Los Gatos Saratoga Recreation Department. And I went to uh, swimming lessons and rec swim during the summer. And I got involved with the rec department swim team. And I became a competitive swimmer at the age of 10 years old. Right on. And that sort of got me involved with the whole public parks and rec. Right. Understanding that there were people... People working yes. in these fields, right? Yeah. Right. In Los Gatos. Right, right. And in my junior year of high school, I got hired by the department to teach swimming lessons, lifeguards, teach synchronized swimming, teach WSI. All right. And I never knew I wanted to be a teacher until then. And the minute I hit the pool and hit those classes, I realized that that's where I wanted to be. Right. On. A teacher. From that day forward, huh? You knew right. it. Right. And, I, it. I, you know, I was thinking about this 
a lot this week to f- try to figure out how far back my event management experience went. And it went all the way back to these early parks and rec days right. because we were in charge of putting on uh, aquacades at the pool. Uh-huh. We were putting, we put on events for parents and this is in high school. Right. We, in high school, I was involved with cheerleading and putting on rallies. And so my event days sort of started back in high school and in Los Gatos. Right. All right. Well, I, and I, I love that. So that, that, that's a precursor to what we'll talk about. Um, what, what we'll talk about a little later. I mean, um, the, the foresight to build up event management before event management was really even a thing is pretty astounding. And so uh, I, I love that. Um, so what did your parents do when you were growing up? My dad was a sports journalist. Oh, no way. Yes. And so he had my parents. My mom was a, a home ec person. She was mm-hmm. she raised four children. Right. My sisters and I are within four years apart. We're four years apart. So she had three high chairs and three cribs. And so she had a big job at home. Yeah. My dad sure. worked for the Los Gatos uh, Mail News, the Los Gatos Times Observer. Right. And here he has three daughters and he's a sports journalist. <laughs> right. So his ambition was to get us involved in sport. Right, of course. And so he, so he was thrilled when my younger sister and I became swimmers. My older sister was more involved with the home scene and my brother was very involved in sport. Mm, okay. So that kind of uh, led me into um, swimming and girls athletics. You know, I was involved right. in high school in the girls athletic association. Right. And so I played fall, winter and spring sports and then swam all summer. And yeah, so I was a, I was a jock. All right. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, what led you, let, let, where, or where, where did you, did you pursue it through college? Were you, um, were there opportunities available um, for scholarships or anything like that? Probably not, okay, right? Well, got, I got the girls' athletic scholarship. You did? Okay. Right. Yeah. But the interesting thing, you got to remember that I'm old. So there was no Title IX. I was going to say I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to date you. Uh, yes, you can uh, date me. Carol, okay, okay, there was no Title IX. So yeah. if I were to go into college, there was no athletics for women. Right. Um, but here I get this scholarship, and out of high school, uh, women in 1964 had nursing, teaching or home economics as the primary choices for majors. And I chose physical education that would lead to a teaching credential to teach in sport. Mm -hmm. And um, I chose that because one, I got the GAA scholarship and what am I going to do? You know, not go into it. And then nursing, I liked that, but I didn't like, it didn't seem to be the kind of profession that worked with a family. Wow. And gotcha. I wanted that to work. Gotcha. So I went to San Jose State mm-hmm. to start a um, major in physical education. 
Mm-hmm. And no sports in college. Right. Right. So, so when you're, when you're on a general athletic scholarship and there's no actual sports in college for women, what did you, you just swam on the side or, or what did, what did you do? Nope. It ended. It just ended. It, oh, it just ended. Okay. And, um, I was not high enough in the nation to be able to compete for the Olympics. Oh, okay. Right. The furthest I got was eighth in the nation. That does not take you to the Olympics. Eighth in the nation? That's still pretty amazing. (laughs) Wow. But it it didn't necessarily reach my goal. Right, right, of course. I hear you. And I was right around the corner from Santa Clara Swim Club, which was with the very famous George Haynes. Oh, And I could have gone over there because a lot of people that I went to high school with were Olympians. Uh Uh-huh. And they swam for George Haynes. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, very cool. So w- your college years, San Jose State, what what was uh what was that like? Were you uh did you did you stay involved? Did you did you get a job with the recreation department there or or, or with um on campus? What what were Okay, what my was your college like? year was at San Jose State and I taught um swimming lessons during the summer. Okay. And lifeguarding, etc. and running the swim shows. And after my freshman year, I wanted to move away from home, and I decided to go to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. So I came down here and uh, entered the physical education major, which led to a, you know, a credential. Today, if you were to take kinesiology, you cannot... You can go to another university, but you can't get a teaching credential anymore in physical education at Cal Poly. Right. So, but my goal was to graduate from Cal Poly, get a teaching credential, and teach junior high PE. Right. That was my goal. Right, right. And did you you get it and do it? (laughs) So I got my teaching, I got my degree. Uh I got married. I got, had two children. I came back to Cal Poly. I left San Luis Obispo, came back to Cal Poly and got my credential. Ah. And this is where the, this is where the action happened. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I got my credential and the um, summer of 1974, I got a call from the department head at Cal Poly in what was called then women's PE because we were two separate departments. Right. And she said, we've had um, a person um, turn down a lecture position, and we need somebody to come in and fill in. Are you available? And I said, sure. So in the fall of 74, I got hired in women's PE as a part-time lecturer Uh to teach Physical education. Okay. Were you teaching Poly. activity classes or were you teaching activity actual? and professional development classes? Oh, okay. Wow. Because I was an aquatic person, so they said you can teach aquatic methods. That was mm. a professional um, a prep class. It was. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh-huh. And during that year, they said if you want to stay here, you need a master's. Even then, they were saying that. Wow, okay. Yeah, in 74. So in 1974, 
I started my master's degree at Cal Poly at Cal and Poly. taught part-time. Okay. What yeah, was the master's in? What was the master's in? Again, in physical education. It was in PE. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My goal was to go into PE. Right. Right. And there was no recreation. Right. There wasn't, I mean, there was barely recreation in other universities. Right. Right. But in the meantime, the students in physical education were saying, why don't we have a recreation major? And it really came from so the Marshallonies. It was student driven. Oh, wow. We need this major. So Evelyn Pelleton and Tom Lee and Stu Chestnut that got together and started putting together this curriculum. And we had only one class in the, in the university, and that was recreation leadership. So they built this curriculum. And now I'm going to get really honest here. It was yeah. a very basic curriculum, which really sent people into the public sector. Right. Okay. Yeah, of course. So here we have Evelyn Pelleton, who was in the women's PE department, and Tom Lee, who was in the men's PE department. Mm -hmm. And if any of you know, your listeners know what men's and women's PE in those days was like, there was a lot of fighting. Oh, I bet. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Territory. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the parks and recreation of old, right? The uh, active versus... <laughs> right. And so, right. so the dean sees this recreation major coming that's going to be in, in also in like side by side in the physical education department. And the dean said, we need a neutral person to lead this major. Mm. And he, he called me. <laughs> nice. He called me and he said, would you be willing to take this on? Right. And, you know, you never turn down an opportunity. No, no, no. Never. No, not like that, right? <laughs> even if it means that you have to kind of figure it out. Right. You do it. Right. So I said, sure. And in 1976, after I got my master's, the new recreation administration major came on board. I love it. That's so awesome. And yeah. and started with those six students that in in nineteen seventy six, right? Yes. And then just built from there. Yes. And and I tell you, it has been a roller coaster ride from oh. the get go. Yeah, and I, I that that's one of the things uh, I really wanna I really wanna get into with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're obviously in a um tumultuous period right now, obviously, um, in, in the country around the world with the, with the global pandemic. But, um, you know, there, there, there've been other times, there've been other, there've been other challenges along the path. And so I think it's important for people to hear from you and hear what, what you, what you went through, um, during, during those years. So, um, you know, obviously we're not going to go year by year, but, um, but I'd love to, I, yeah, I'd love to hear some perspective about, the about the peaks and valleys, um, in those early days and, and what it was like, because, um, you know, I guess 1976, um, you know, the age of austerity came in. Did you did, so there were, there were budget cuts pretty soon thereafter, right? Um, that you had to probably withstand, like how were those early days? What were those early days like? The early days, um, were financially great. Oh, good. 
we had money to um, send faculty to conferences, to to travel, to you know, to, to for professional development. There was a there was plenty of money for that. Oh, good. And I never felt like um, you know, th- there's always a strain on the budget when you're trying to uh, increase faculty positions. Of course, yeah. but I never felt that we had financial problems. And um, in 77, we hired Bob Myers mm-hmm. from LA State mm-hmm. to come in. And, and, those, Bob, and those, those students who are, are currently on campus uh, should know that name, Bob Myers, because when you're walking up to the University Union, um, there is, a, there is a, an area of tranquility there, a little... A little um, recreate or a little, um, what do you, what do you call it? What, what do they call, call it? The it? pocket of paradise. Pocket of paradise. I knew there was a word for it, mm-hmm. right. That's dedicated in, in the memory of Bob Myers. Right. So, so yeah, good, good. We Thanks can get for... to that and we can get to that if you'd like. Okay. Um, but Bob Myers came on board and we put him in charge so that I could step away and go get my doctorate. Oh, Oh, because I didn't realize that. Okay. If I could, if I was going to stay on, I needed a doctorate. Right. Okay. And I went to the University of Utah because they had both leisure studies and physical education. Wow! I, was I had no idea to, about that. I I mean, I knew you had your, I knew you had your PhD, but I didn't know how it yeah. transpired. So you left and went. And, okay. Well, I didn't leave. I taught all year. Uh-huh. I have two children. Right. I taught all year. And then in the summer, I would go as a summer soldier. Oh, okay. I would take 12 units in six weeks. And wow. I did that for three summers. And then I did a year's residency. So I had to step away from Cal Poly for a year to get right. my rest, my residency and my dissertation done. Right. Wow. And the reason why I chose both PE and recreation kind of a balance between the two mm-hmm. is because I didn't really know where they were going to put me. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Once you came back, right. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. we, we got Bob Myers on board and then we hired Lynn Jamison mm-hmm. out of Indiana and Lynn came on board and I cannot say enough about what she did for us. Right. Because in those early days, she came in and said, we need this program accredited. Mm. And she was the first person to talk about that. Wow. And so we put her in charge to lead us through accreditation. Mm -hmm. And this was in 1980, 81, 82, kind of feeling that out, having self-studies, doing all sorts of Mm-hmm. Uh, fact finding, getting the university ready for this. Right. I have to admit, um, uh, Carolyn, I, I didn't, I, I guess I would, I assumed that accreditation was something that came much later. So I'm, I'm really impressed that, that the, um, the early pioneers in recreate the recreation academic discipline realized the need for accreditation yes. um, sooner rather than later. So that, that's good to hear. And um, the, the university in about 1984-85 decided to go through reorganization. Mm-hmm. 
and they were looking at what they considered weak programs that they wanted to eliminate. And uh, Lynn and Bob and I, and, and by this time, Bob had already created the therapeutic recreation major. Right. Uh, excuse me, concentration. Right. And Lynn had already um, developed the commercial recreation concentration. Gotcha. So we were moving away from strictly public parks and rec and going into commercial rec, sport programming, therapeutic rec, and giving students a lot more options. Right. And right at the time we were about ready to do this whole accreditation thing, the university is bringing certain programs in and and saying uh, we're considering eliminating you from the university. Mm. Wow. Rec, well, I'll just call it rec. Yeah. Rec was on the chopping blocks. Oh, wow. And one of the things that the vice president said to us in a meeting was your major does not, your major lacks rigor. Mm. And we, here's Lynn Jameson, who is like, I mean, she just is a bulldog. Right. And well, that's, a, that's that, how I would describe you. So you guys had two bulldogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, were, we were a pair. I bet you were. <laughs> we said, let us go through accreditation. If we do not get accredited, then we will we'll talk. And we not only got accredited, but the, at the same time, the university students, the student body, voted to raise their fees for the rec center. Oh, wow. At that same at time. At the same wow. time. Well, that was, that was showing this explosion of recreation services. Right. And so we did not get eliminated, and we just started to flourish. Yeah, yeah. This is mid eighties. Mid eighties or so. Okay, right. So and we just decided let's let's carry on. Right, 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 right. And so and so that that brought you up uh, through the uh, through the early nineties where there was another uh, um, uh, interesting period. Let's just say, right. Um, most people um, forget about that recession. Um, it, it wasn't. I guess it wasn't as big as ones we've had, but, um, but, but it was a recession. And, um, can you, can you reflect on, on what it was like at that period? Because I know there, there was another reorganization and, and how you made it through <laughs> the second one. Yeah, we, yeah, we just, you know, we, we took a few deep breaths, you know, we said, okay, we got this. And, um, 1990 hits and, um, the university calls back this vice president who w- had left the university to bring him back to do more chopping. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they eliminated an entire school. Right. And the school was the School of Professional Studies. Right. And that had home economics, physical education, recreation, um, industrial arts, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they said, um, we're going to split this all up. Home economics was eliminated. Industrial technology was 
taken apart and moved into another pro into another major. Mm-hmm. Physical education went to the School of Science and Math, right, and completely reorganized their curriculum so they became kinesiology with a major emphasis in physical therapy, right, so that they had more of a science base, right, and then recreation. Lynn Jameson, uh, while um, let's see. Yeah. Um, Lynn Jameson, and I was on sabbatical at this time. So she, she was the one that found us a new home. And our new home was in the Department of Forestry, which everybody's going, well, why? Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is it worked out because we had parks Mm -hmm. and they had parks. So it made sense to combine our parks concentration and see if we could survive over in this new college. In 1992, we made the switch over into that college. We spent one year trying to get our feet on the ground. And then Lynn Jamison, uh, Mike Swiderski, um, one other guy took positions at other schools. Right. Bob Myers retired. I was the fifth full-time person, and I was left holding the bag. Right, right. With some fabulous part-time lectures. But still, you don't run a major of 250 students with one full-time faculty. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> right. So how did you how did you survive? I mean, I've 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 heard the I've heard the rumor that uh, it it maybe seemed like that they were just hoping to get the faculty lines right, and that um, and that they were kind of hoping it would just die, and then you get the faculty yes. get the faculty, and um, and you yeah, know people who are not in academia don't really understand that, but mm-hmm. faculty lines are gold, you know, faculty lines are are that's that's a big thing in academia, um, but uh, but you wouldn't let it die, of course not. <laughs> no, I. I <laughs> so what um, was it like trying to trying to keep it? trying to keep it above ground there. At well, that I approached Lynn and I said, uh, because she hadn't made up her mind yet. I said, are you going back to IU, Indiana University? Yep. And in the faculty um, mailroom, she said yes. And I knew her area was tourism and commercial recreation. Right. Um, those of us in academe, in, in rec, we belong to a an organization called Cal Spree. And now I know I don't think Cal Spree is running anymore. Yeah, it's not official. It's 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 the educators section of California Park and Recreation Society at this point. Bill Bill helped to, to keep it together after Cal Spree kind of broke apart, but Okay, well Cal Spree was big. Yeah. And yeah. we would go to annual meetings and that's where you would meet people from different universities yep. in your profession. Right. So I happened to know John Bellaro at Northridge. Yep. And I knew he taught in the same discipline as Lynn, and he wrote a textbook for right. that particular discipline. Right. So I went back to my office, because, and I looked in my Rolodex, and I called him. And he answered. He was the department head down there. And I called him, and I said, we need you to come up and fill Lynn's position. And he 
had had it with North. Oh, at that point, really? we were all just like, he's like, I'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) He he was ready for something different. Right. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he said, let me talk to my wife and I'll get back to you. And in 90 minutes, he called back and he said, I'm coming. I'm bringing my wife, Cynthia Moyer. She can also teach for you. Uh-huh. So, I love it. So the, that, this was in May. We got, I got that approved through um, Human Resources that it was going to be an emergency appointment. I didn't have to advertise. And John Bellaro came in the fall of 92 to teach for us and never looked back. What a phone call. What a phone call. (laughs) It was the best. And we became very close colleagues, friends. And we brought on Bill, you know, because there were only three of us. We needed another fourth full-timer. We brought Bill in from Oregon. Right, right. We didn't even know him. And he became one of the four musketeers. Right. I would have to say that working with John and Cindy and Bill over those years was the best of my career. Oh, I bet. I bet. We were a a team. And any time that we had to write a self-study to to defend ourselves again, because it Uh it wasn't over, John and I would pull all-nighters practically, uh-huh. and we would laugh at how academic we could sound. <laughs> right. one, time, one time, one of our self-studies was even put in the library for an example of how to write one of these things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I bet. Well, well, you know, I I don't think our li- our listeners probably can't fully appreciate it, but um, but I can because I I was um, you know, I was in those classrooms and and when when I first uh, my very first recreation class ever, when I opened the book and I come down to re- commercial recreation, there's John Bellaro's name, and uh, you know, he he was the one uh, responsible for defining commercial recreation. So that was. Quite Quite the coup, and, and to get someone as as passionate and and um, as smart and great in the classroom as as Cynthia Moyer to to go along um, to to come along also. Wow, what what a phone call! That's that's really awesome. I used to pick on John, you know, about how academic that um that definition of commercial recreation was. You know, <laughs> must be recreation and make a profit. <laughs> well. I, I have to also go back because Lynn also wrote a textbook. Oh, right, right. In fact, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if hers is still uh, being used. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure and, for recreational sport programming, right? Well, that and commercial recreation. Oh, she did for commercial rec too. Oh, yeah. Okay, and, okay, yeah. And, and she and John were were very close um, colleagues at, the, at our meetings and everything and mm-hmm. would get together to talk about where can commercial recreation go in our curriculum? And mm-hmm. so I have to also send out kudos to Lynn because oh, she, right was, she was right there with the textbook too. Right on. But John was, John was a blast to work with and um, obviously we all miss him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, we sure let do. Me go back, let me go back to Bob. Yeah. Uh, Bob retired in 92. Oh, okay. And was, 
um, immediately, I mean, very quickly diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh, yeah. And six months after uh, Bob retired, he passed away. Oh. And his wife, Jan, uh, wanted to do something that was commemorative for Bob. Right. And with my uh, event background, um, I pulled together uh, the landscape architect um, faculty, the faculty in the Department of Art and Design, mm -hmm. um, our major, and one other. There's at least four majors that came together to put together that pocket of paradise. Right, right. And when we met with the students from those majors, we had them look at the uh, Giamatti book, which oh, right. was what Bob had his students read mm -hmm. that talked about the pocket of paradise and really f what it means to have a pocket of paradise. Mm -hmm. And they had to understand that before they designed the pyramid and thought about the plant material and the design of in and out. Right. Oh, wow. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. So, so for our, all of our listeners, um, and, and you students who are, are, who are currently on campus, the pocket of paradise is located, um, you know, the bike path that runs, um, straight through campus from the recreation center all the way to campus market in our building on the corner there, before you go up, um, to the university union, that's where the pocket of paradise is and dedicated, um, to, uh, to Bob Meyer. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for telling us about that. I want to ask you about the 90s and, and um, special event management. You know, we still, I'm, I'm teaching RPTA 101, the intro class right now. And um, uh, I'm one of the things, one of the exercises that I have them do is pick their first, second, and third choice for tracks, right, within the major, um, you know, we have tracks within the concentrations, and, and events is still, to this day, um, you know, above 50%, um, closing in on, on 60% in terms of our students, and, um, and so I want to talk about the, uh, like I said, that, that foresight, because event management was not an academic discipline. <laughs> in the 90s and so um I, I what you, you you talked about having that event management background and and when you were talking um carolyn i couldn't help but but hear all of these current students I, i'm hearing them say the same types of things that i just heard you say i grew up planning parties for my family. I grew up planning this and that. And, and, um, and so um, just, uh, it's been such a boom for our program event management has. Um, and, and, you know, I know when I came in in 2006 and I was teaching senior project, they were still, we, we, we couldn't really do literature reviews for event management because there, there wasn't really there weren't journals at that mm -hmm. time in 2006, um, but now it's it's just exploded, and and there's mm -hmm. there's so many. But but event management started right in the 90s. Did you did you start a concentration in the was it late 90s or so? Well, we when we, was it? Uh, created it in the late 90s, but we really didn't bring it on board officially until 2000. Okay. So those students who. Graduated in 2003, 2002 were our first students. Okay, okay, right. And the, the, the thing that we realized was it doesn't matter if you're going public parks and rec, nonprofit, private, commercial, 
any of those sectors, you're going to find event planning. Yeah. Whether it's you, you know, it's just it's just such a broad area. So yeah. it didn't pigeonhole somebody into public parks and rec or if you have event planning experience and talent, you can go anywhere. Anywhere. Yep. And that's that's the nice thing about this. Yep. But it takes a very specific kind of student that can mm. handle that because mm-hmm. it's not e- it's not easy. No, it's really not. <laughs> no. So the students that would come in to my office as juniors or seniors from high school mm-hmm. and want to talk about getting into the major. And I said, well, what are you doing in high school? And they said, well, I, um, I'm on the prom planning committee. And the minute they start talking like that, these are, those are the people who come in and want to carry that on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love now, it. The nice thing was right about the late 90s, I got contacted by Kendi Root. Mm-hmm. And Kendi was a grad in about 1980, 1983. Uh-huh. She went off, and for 20 years, she worked in the hotel and corporate event industry Yep. and got massive experience. She came back to this area to work in the hotel industry and contacted me and said, would you, do you need somebody to do guest speaking in your class? And that's how it started. She and I started collaborating and writing. I know how to write curriculum she had the 20 years experience in corporate events, hospitality, yeah. whatever. And I had the more public type events, parades, you know, those right. kinds of things. Marathons and triathlons. You'd done that too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, a lot of sport. Yeah. I thought you were, I thought you were big in the sport events. Yeah. Yes. Big sport events. And so she came on voluntarily and we worked together at the Inn at Morro Bay where she worked. Right. And we were writing curriculum. And then we proposed it. I proposed it because she wasn't on staff yet. And they bought it. And they said, yes, let's go with this. And it just took off. Yeah. And once it took off, I hired Kendi to come in and first team teach with me so that she could see how to do this. Uh And then she started taking over classes. Right. Right. And, and, and really helped to, to take it to the, to the next level. And um, so that when, when I came in and and with Jerusha and I came in and in 2006, yeah, event management was, um, was absolutely a, a, a huge element of the program. And I, I think what you said that that whole element of, of event planning, being able to span all the boundaries or, or all of the, um, the, the different segments of the, of the industry, I think that really forms the basis for, for how we've been able to embrace this experience industry management approach, because it's the same thing with experiences. I mean, we're, we're ultimately, and every single company on earth is trying to co-create experiences with either their clients, their customers, their employees. Uh, and, and so it, it just resonates, you know, it resonates with people. I, I, I talked, um, uh, I have a podcast getting ready to come out with, a, uh, a, a, an alumni in, in software sales. 
and she talked about she she talks about how it's uh it's relevant there you know and so um and you, and you just look at things like banks you know banks are trying to reimagine the experience right they they're creating cafes in their banks so that you'll come and and sit down and and maybe they you'll get a mortgage or you'll uh you know you'll open an account and so uh yeah, it's um, it, it's pretty amazing what what event planning has done for us, and um, I, I just I, I love that. Um, so you know, as a as as a professor emeritus, I know you have enjoyed your your retirement. So I'd love to love to talk a little bit about what you've what you've done in retirement and um, what it's like. You know, I, I have to admit to you, as a forty seven year old, I think about um, retirement probably more than. Um, then it's healthy. <laughs> You're 47. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Get <laughs> can I start? Can I, is it okay to start thinking about it already? <laughs> so, uh, so tell us what you, what you've done in, in retirement. Um, I, I know you, I know you haven't stopped moving and shaking and, uh, uh, so. Okay. Well, um, I retired in 2006 when you came on board. Right. And, that that December, I bought a set of golf clubs, and I had no idea. I had I was a cyclist. I mean, I was I was into aerobic activity. I could not see myself hitting a ball, walking, and going and hitting it again. Right. But I bought a set of clubs, and I tell you, I got so hooked, and I got it hooked on the experience. Yeah. Because it is, it is. Uh, physical, it's social, it's competitive, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, you can even get into a spiritual thing. <laughs> and, and that sounds odd, but it's, a, it can be that, it can be all sorts of, of, of benefits from doing this. Yeah, for sure. And because I'm an old PE major, Right. Um, I, I kind of got into the whole mechanics of it all. Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. So I joined golf uh, clubs, women's golf clubs. Uh-huh. And I'm on the boards. When I join these clubs, I get myself on the board. Yeah. And one, um, one of the clubs, I planned their big member guest tournaments that uh-huh. have 144 players. Oh, wow. And that includes breakfast, lunch, prizes. Um, the tournament, the tournament itself, plus all the, I put events within the tournaments. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, so I ran that for four years. Yeah. Which I was obsessed with. That. Wow. I bet you were. Well, you know, I, um, when, when I was in uh, my, getting my PhD at NC state, you know, I was in charge of, of the first T program. I, I, I helped to develop the, the first T program of Wake County and, and they were planning this big, huge kickoff tournament fundraiser. You know, they wanted me to plan. And I was like, I had no event planning experience. I had no golf experience. And, uh, I was like, uh, I, I finally, at one point I said, so me and what army is going to <laughs> plan all of this? And the, and the, the CEO of uh, first citizens bank, uh, said to me, Oh, Oh yeah. We're giving our employees the day off. Um, you'll have a hundred, um, volunteers. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I might be able to pull it off then. <laughs> 
<laughs> with a hundred volunteers, you know, but, uh, but so I, I know what goes into, uh, into planning a, a tournament like that. Wow. Uh, so, and, and you know, I, I shared with you that I have, uh, I have caught, um, during the pandemic, I have caught the golf bug. Um, thankfully I've not caught the other bug. I've caught the golf bug. And, um, I agree with you. It's, um, it is uh, it is something else, and uh, I'm really in, enjoying. And and I'm with you on the mechanics thing too. You know, I, I am, I'm an old baseball player, and so I had a slice that man just I could not get rid of that slice. And about a week ago, I had a breakthrough, and it was because of what you said. The mechanics. I've been studying it and trying to figure out, and it seems so easy. You know, it's in, well, you you're obviously hitting the ball inside out, but when you say in your mind that you're not but yet it keeps happening. You've got to reprogram your mind mechanically. And that's, that's one of the things that I think is so fascinating about golf is that, um, that mechanical element, like you talked about. Let me add two more things. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm obsessed about. Okay. Please do. I think that, um, retirees need to volunteer. Yes. Yes. And my volunteer is I'm, I do trash patrol. Oh, and I, I made, I have a vest. I have a button that I made that says what my business is. And I go out with my grabber and my bag at least twice a week. And I pick up trash all over Los Osos. I love it. I have an assistant (laughs) who I've brought on board and she, I call her, we go out and we do at least an hour or two at a time. And then the second thing that I got involved with was right after I retired, I went over to the Los Osos Fitness Center and I said, can I teach some classes for you? Oh, wow. And I got back into my roots of um, muscle anatomy, uh-huh. uh, exercise physiology, those kinds of sciences. Right. And for 13 years, I taught fitness classes at the Los Osos Fitness Center. Oh, wow. Until they closed on March 15th and oh, will man. not be reopening. Oh, so I'm sorry to hear that. I, I had 32 years teaching at Cal Poly and 13 years teaching at the Los Osos Fitness Center. Wow. And now and, my teaching career is over. And then, well, and don't forget about those uh, swim lessons that you told oh, me about. Swim that, lessons. Yeah, when you first, yeah. uh, when you when you first uh, realized that you wanted to be a teacher, you know, I um, I, I just love that, Carolyn. We 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 share um, we share a number of uh, parallels, and I'm going to try not to get emotional here with this one. But my um, my mom's name is Carolyn. And, um, and I, I grew up and, and, um, as I, as I got older, you know, my mom, my mom is everything to me. And I heard her say so many times, um, that she wished she had become a teacher. And when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life, um, that teaching that first college class, it was, it was like you said with the swim lesson, it was like a light bulb went off and it hit me like, you know, like a ton of bricks, like, ah, this is it. And, you know, when you finally find that this is it, when you have that, it, this is it moment, um, you can go about, you can go after it passionately. And I think that's, um, uh, you know, I think that's from, from what I understand of your career, I think it was one of, of passion and dedication. And um, I, I think that, 
that goes back to those early days, like you said, of uh, you teaching that lesson and realizing, ah, this is my calling. This is uh, this is what I I need to do. And I love. I loved being in the class with these students. I don't care if they were my 90-year-olds at the gym or my 18 to 22-year-olds at Cal Poly. I loved being with these people. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, well, we're, we're, we're certainly missing that right now through our, through yeah. our virtual environments. But, um, you know, I, um, one of the things that I, I found um, that – that our students do and, and that I, I, I just love. Um, and, and I actually noticed this a, a couple of years ago. They thank me as they're going out. Yeah. They thank me. I, I never, I never once thanked a college professor on my way out the door. And I don't think I ever remember hearing anyone else thank college professors on the way out the door, but I, I don't know what it is about this generation, but they, um, uh, you know, they're, there's, they're genuine. They're, 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 um, I, I can tell you that, um, they, they give me hope. They give me, they give me a feeling of hope when, um, when sometimes we might be having, um, you know, feelings of, of despair uh, of, about whatever is going on in the world and, and, um, in our spheres, um, the, these students give us hope and, um, and they, they've been doing this in the virtual environment too. You know, all their, all their mics are muted unless they, unless they, they speak, you know? Um, but when I end class, they all unmic, they all unmute and say thanks and wave at me when they, when they leave. And that just gives, it's like that, you know, it's that feeling that you miss of being connected with, um, right. with, and, and why we, why we do what we, what we do. Right. And so, um, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been such a pleasure, um, to go through and, um, you know, I, 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 I want to, again, thank you for, for everything. Thanks for, for uh, helping me learn. I, I knew a little bit about the history, but I didn't know all that you educated me with today. And um, just want to say thanks so much for, for everything over the years. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to everybody being able to hear from you. All right, great. And hi to all your listeners. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks right. so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.